Sunday, we were talking about the prayer of Jesus Christ that is in John 17. And I used that prayer to make a segue into the prayer of Paul. And I basically explained to you that the prayer of Paul, there's two prayers there, one in the third chapter and also one in this first chapter where we still are, where the connection between the two is that Jesus sends his Holy Spirit, prayed that the believers would have the Holy Spirit. And Paul has received the Holy Spirit and is praying in his own way some of the exact same things that Jesus prayed. And I said to you last week that a lot of things are on our list as far as what we would pray for. But when we see what the Holy Spirit has in mind, there are other things that are more important. And I want to balance some of that out today to give you both sides. But the truth is, is that the Holy Spirit's mission has everything to do with what Jesus has called us to do and called us to be. We are to be conformed into the image of Christ, first and foremost. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is secondary. So let's read the word. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. I hope I can get through this today. The word of God reads, Paul is praying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And where we left off, this verse, verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Father, please bless this word. I want to speak to you today from the title, Walking in Power. Walking in Power. Brief, quick review. Ephesians 1, 7, same chapter, just the seventh verse says this, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. When sins are forgiven and faith is placed in the Son of God for salvation, then our relationship with God, even though we were sinners, is perfectly restored. Amen? God takes everything that we've done, places it on Jesus Christ, places what he's done, and puts it on us. And now, because Jesus atoned for our sins, our relationship is perfectly restored back to the Father. Amen? And we are saved by grace and grace alone. Amen? Amen. We cannot earn this favor. We cannot earn this salvation. This is something that the Holy Spirit has done through Jesus Christ and through the work of Christ on the cross for our sins. Amen? Amen. Uh, verse 13, same chapter, Ephesians 1:13. In whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom 
also after ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So the Holy Spirit comes to the believer at the point of belief. Amen? Amen. We grow, of course. We grow in power. We mature. But the moment that we believe in Jesus Christ, we hear the gospel, we repent of our sins, we trust in Jesus Christ and what he has done, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside the believer. Amen? And the Holy Spirit fills us with a sense of God's love. Keisha was talking about that, singing about that today, that we understand how much God loves us. Amen? The Holy Spirit also assures us that God has shown up, adopted us. As his children, we are children of God. We are now in the family of God. And the Holy Spirit also helps us to manifest Christ's likeness. That is displaying the glory of God in your life to where you are looking like Jesus. Amen? He causes us to display the image of God. Amen? Christ Jesus talked to the disciples and said, Lord, I have manifested your glory. I've showed them who you are, what you are like, what you are about, what you're interested in, what you want done. They have seen that. When you've seen the Son, you have seen the Father. It should be the same thing with the people that the Son is living inside. Amen? We look like Jesus. We represent the Father. Amen? Amen. So the Holy Spirit manifests our Christ-likeness. And the Spirit is a once and for all identification that gives us continued assurance that we are entitled to riches and goodness from God, not just in eternity there, but right here and now. Amen. Tell your neighbor you're blessed. You're blessed. Amen. So, again, Ephesians 1.17. Ephesians 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him. It is not that God is not interested in the specifics of your life. It's that he wants the believer to prioritize a relationship him, with him over asking for the other things that we can kind of attach to our lives. Amen? The order is, as I said to you last week, uh, Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things, all these other things that we're looking for, all these things that we must have, you know, if it's in God's will, they will be added unto us. Amen? Amen. So, the Holy Spirit is most concerned with the knowledge of the Father and His Son and that loving relationship being something that we, as believers, are prioritizing. He wants not just the things that we pray for. He wants us to prioritize the knowledge of the Father and the Son that I may know him. Amen? That's what this is really about. Amen. In verse 18, just still reviewing, and I'm almost done. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, I talked about that last week, but let me give you a little bit 
deeper uh, revelation. It's something that I learned this week. Isn't it wonderful about the Word of God? The Word of God is packed. Just when you think you know something, there's something else you learn. You know what I mean? So this blew me away. And I, I think this personally kind of, you know, is a, a revelation for me and folks like me, folks like, you know, the folks that are in, in the church. Uh, but most translations, and I'm in King James this week for, for a reason, but most translations say that the eyes of the heart are being enlightened. Some of you may see that. And we talked about that last week. Or some translation, uh, New Living Translation says the, uh, I believe it's the eyes of the heart will be flooded with light. Amen? Um, so that we, would, we would know uh, what we are called to. Amen? But some folks believe, and this is typical of us, this is just how we are, that the way that we come to know more about God is that we get more of a gifted intellect. Hmm. Where God adds to your intellect in some supernatural way. Basically saying that what you need to know of God uh, and how you become to know more about God is that God somehow makes you smarter. <laughs> Intellectual, you know. Logical people think that way. You know, the, the eyes of my understanding. Understanding must have something to do with the mind. But, but this verse is talking about the heart. Are you hearing me? Uh, it's not so much the gifted mind that understands the deep mysteries or revelations of God. I believe it's the tender heart. Amen? You hear what I'm saying, Pastor Rick? It's the tender heart that can receive the revelation of God. Amen? A person with a brilliant mind but has a heart that's hard cannot receive truth from God. In fact, I will say to you that most of the heresy that we are in sometimes nowadays come from brilliant people. You know, things that they, they, they sat there too long and thought about too many things and come up with some stuff that's not of God at all. So it's not so much that God, oh, make me smarter. It's God soften my heart so I can receive what you're saying because I can be brilliant, but if I don't have a heart that's made or fashioned to receive what you're saying, then the love of God, the flow of God, the information, the deep things of God cannot get through no matter how smart I am. Okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God gives us with soft hearts. God's revelation uh, comes to people uh, and is deposited in people who actually have soft hearts, or should I say it in other words, revelation comes to folks that actually love God. Not just know things about God. Okay? You can get tricked with your intellect. Be careful. And then what you want is a soft heart that loves God. Because here's the thing. Um, in any relationship, you receive from the other person out of love, not just the mind. Are you hearing me? So you have to be able to love the Lord in order to know the Lord. You understand where I'm coming from? All right. This opens up wonderful possibilities for every believer because not everybody's going to have a high IQ. Amen? Not everybody's going to have that. But God will make his children have soft hearts. Everybody that is saved and sanctified and, and loving God, we have a loving heart towards God. Amen? Amen? So it kind of evens the playing field. 
So you're not just sitting next to somebody who's a true theologian and feels, you know, terrible about what you know. The truth of the matter is what counts is, do you have a heart that loves God? Because then you can receive knowledge from God. Amen. That they may know, intimately know, not just head knowledge, but heart experience. What is the hope of his calling? You can understand with your heart what God is calling the believer to. These are the true blessings that God has for his children. And I said last week, not just the streets of gold, but being just like Jesus. Amen? That is the real blessing. And I said last week, you get into things because we're not like Jesus. We don't think like Jesus, so we end up in situations that Jesus never wanted us to be in. Amen? We do things that Jesus never wanted us to do. It's a blessing that we are becoming like Christ increasingly here, but also when we get to heaven, we'll be just like him. We will see him as he is. We will be just like him. Amen? And that doesn't mean that God doesn't care about other stuff like your health. Amen? It doesn't mean that God doesn't care about your finances. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care about how you provide or your career choices. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care about who you choose as a mate. He cares about all those things. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care about your children and where they're educated. He cares about all those things, the prosperity of your children and, and so on and so forth. But with all those blessings, the main priority is that we function with the understanding that we belong to God and we display Christ-like character that will cause us to do what we were made to do in the first place. God has told us, in and some books have said this, uh, man's chief, chief end is to glorify God. Amen? And to enjoy him. Well, in order to do that, you must know him. Amen? You must know him. And in knowing him, we begin to intimately become like him. Amen? So Christ-like character is the idea. Representing God, being ambassadors for Christ by living Christ-like lives. Amen? And then it says, still in 18, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints are. Okay. Almost done with the review. <laughs> Sorry. Just got to set it up. It is important that we understand that even though we are sinners, saved by grace, that not only does God have an inheritance for us, but we are actually his inheritance. It's his inheritance in the saints. You see it? That God places, as I said last week, a high value on you and I, in spite of everything that I did wrong this week. <laughs> in spite of my struggles and my hangups this week. Now, it's amazing that God would call me, even before the foundation of the world, his inheritance before I got saved. What blows me away is even though I am saved, I still have struggles, do we not? And God calls you and I his glorious, rich inheritance. Amen? It blows my mind that God considers unworthy sinners like you and me to be his inheritance, his bride, his prize. Wow. What I was doing before I got saved, I don't even want to talk about. 
But the truth is that there are still some things that I deal with and struggle with today. And God looks at you and I and he says, you know what, in spite of what they're doing, well, don't worry about that, I'm going to deal with that. They're going to grow in me. I've got them covered. I'm not changing my mind about how I feel about them. I still love them. I will correct them. I will change them. I will transform them. And they are still my inheritance. I value the people that I have saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit makes us aware so we can see with our hearts who we are, that we are valuable, that even though we don't deserve his goodness, we cannot earn his goodness. God loves on us so much, saints, that that love, that the Holy Spirit is empowered to get us to see ought to drive us to love him in return. Amen? Because we recognize that we don't deserve it. And we are grateful for it. Amen? Jesus prayed that we would see how much the Father loves us. And he sent his Holy Spirit to show us, to give us a glimpse of what only, not only what's coming, but what we have right now. Amen? So just like Jesus, Paul prayed for the church and become like Jesus, we're going to need some power. Power to walk like Jesus walked. Walking in power. We're not going to be able to do this in and of ourselves. We need backup. So Paul prays this in verse 19. Here we go. And this and what is, I'm praying that what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Two quotes. Sperry Schaefer writes this. Paul wants to impress the believer with the greatness of the power which is engaged to accomplish for him everything that God has purposed according to his work of election, predestination, and sovereign adoption. The theologian William McDonald says this, this is the power which God used in our redemption, which he uses in our preservation, and which he will yet use in our glorification. So what he's saying is every instance from salvation all the way to glory, we are saved, we are being saved, and we shall be saved. Amen? In every instance, there is amazing power backing that up. Amen? In other words, the power to redeem us in salvation, there is power being used to keep us in sanctification, and there is power that will eventually be given to us in our eventual glorification. Amen? This exceeding great, mighty resurrection power is available to the believer right now. Are you hearing me? Good. You're listening. Paul is praying that our hearts will understand this. 
Amen? It's still in the context of verse 18. I want them to know. What? Now he's talking about, I want them to know you got some power. Amen? God is saving, protecting, keeping, sanctifying, and leading his children. There is tremendous power available to the believer in order to accomplish the thing that God has called us to do. Amen? This is what enables you and I to walk in power. And we know that's the truth because when we were trying to live holy on our own, we were failing miserably. But now we got some traction. We're not perfect, but we get up. Amen? We don't do everything right, but we don't do everything we used to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're not dealing with sinful Groundhog Day repeat button. And are you hearing what I'm saying? There is growth. There's maturity. There is strength. There is power. There are some boundaries being set. And now it's like, you know what? The Holy Spirit is here. Because I remember myself in the 70s and the 80s, and, and that was a mess. And look at what God is doing now. Some people are smiling. I'm sorry to remind you. Got a little smile over here. <laughs> Amen. So, what is this power? You ready? Three things. Paul is praying that the Holy Spirit would reveal to every believer that the one and only true powerful God is really, really on our side. Amen? There is no obstacle, no situation, no circumstance that we can get ourselves into that God cannot handle. That's number one. God is on your... There is no enemy that you will encounter that God cannot subdue. There is no situation or circumstance that will be so unbearable that God cannot rescue you from. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen? We are overcomers because we serve an all-powerful God. Amen? Amen. That's number one. Number two, God is praying that the Holy Spirit will reveal to every believer that God's power is always working. There is no pause button for God's power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is never a time when God is not working or displaying his power. Take a breath. That's his power. Your right mind. That's his power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? One of the things that tricks the believers, and we get tricked up a lot of times, is people think that just because God is not working in our timing, that he's not working in his timing. You know what I'm saying? His timing is not our timing. So a lot of times we get off track and we get discouraged because we can't see the obvious hand of God. We get in a hurry and we get in ahead of God and do things and get into stuff and think that God is not answering our prayer when the truth is is God sometimes is just wanting us to wait on him. He's establishing character. Sometimes he's dealing with situations outside of us before we get to the thing that we're praying for. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what I want you to see here is there's never a time that God is not working. The thing we need to realize is that God only wants what's best for you and I. He only wants what's best for you and I. He will not give us his second best. He will not. He loves us that much. So when we think that God is not working, I want you to understand there's never a time that he isn't at 
that work. There's power always working on the believer's behalf, even when we do not see it. Amen? That's where our faith comes in. We've got to believe that even though we're walking through situations, we're not left alone. Amen? We can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The God is with us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we don't need to get antsy and get in a place of fear and become people that produce uh, Ishmael's instead of Isaac's because we're worried about, you know, what we cannot see and start, you know, making things happen for ourselves versus waiting on God and his timing. He's always displaying his power. He's always working. What needs to happen is we need to pray and ask God to give us the eyes to see what he's doing. Amen? Amen. All right. Last point. I'm almost done. God is always fighting against forces of evil. His power is always fighting against the forces of evil on the believer's behalf. God is all-powerful, and we have no idea what we escape from day to day. I'm trying to tell you people, if we could see the demonic forces stacked against us, from moment to moment, from minute to minute, from day to day, from month to month. If we get a glimpse of that, we would probably lose our minds. The truth is that God is always fighting for the, for the believer. You get in your car, you go to work, you get in the grocery store, you think you're having a normal day, you have no idea how you got there safely. You don't know what could have happened, but God did not allow it to happen. You made it safely. You think you just showed up to church this morning? No, you did not. It was the power of God that kept you, and you couldn't see nothing. You can have a demon breathing down your neck, but he can't get any closer than that because the power of God is stopping him. He has no authority except for what God gives him. So the power of God is fighting on our behalf every single time. So when we fix our face to complain against God and think he ain't doing nothing, think again. You walk to your mailbox, you think you say there's a stray bullet that can hit you. All kinds of things are happening. If God were to just take his hand of protection off of us for two seconds, people, to weaken his power for just two seconds, the enemy would take us out. Can I explain something to you? The devil hates you. We have a real enemy. But we have an all-powerful God. Amen? Amen. That's all right, sweet. You can cry. It's the truth. We have a lot to be thankful for. And sometimes we complain thinking that God's not doing anything while we're breathing, living, <laughs> walking, talking. <laughs> and the stuff that happened that we did back in the day, I'm talking, can, can I say something to you, saints? I've said it before. There were things that I tried that my friends tried. We were trying the same thing. And somehow I'm here and they're not. That is nothing but the mercy of God. Nothing but the mercy of God. That's the power of God over your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us have been in situations where God just allowed us to get through this time and we've come through un untouched, unscratched. I don't even know how. He preserved you when you were in your foolishness 
and brought you to where you are now. Now you got some sense and you can see, wow, God. The power of God is always working on a believer's behalf. Fighting against the enemy. Protecting us. That's why we ought to give God praise. Amen. We could fix our mouth to complain, but we ought to give God praise for what he has done. Amen. Amen. I'm talking before salvation, during salvation, in sanctification. God has taken care of us. He's protected us. He's displayed his power. And Paul is praying that the eyes of your understanding would be able to see this. Amen. We would be able to see this. Amen. But this power, give me back uh, verse uh, 19. Uh, 20, I think. No, 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 that's right. That's right. Say right there. What is exceeding greatness of this power to us word who believe? This same power. Next verse. Which he wrought in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. When he raised Christ from the dead. But this power is only available towards those who believe. It is resurrection power. Amen? That's what he's talking about. The most incredible event in history is not the flood. <laughs> not creation even. No. The most incredible event in history is Jesus getting up. Amen? That same power conquering death is available towards the believer. Are you hearing me? We are raised to new life. Christ was raised from the dead, and now we are raised from the dead. Amen? We are raised from, guess what? The dead things we used to do. We are raised from, guess what? The ways we used to think. We are raised from the dead ways we used to live. Amen? I was at a restaurant yesterday. A friend of mine and their boyfriend, nice couples, came to visit me. They're in the industry. And I have music buddies that I talk to. And they're doing very well, doing movies and all that kind of stuff now. And, and we all talk because the lady friend is like, she's like my, my buddy. You know? And so she's found this guy. And they love each other. And they do music together and whatever have you. And they do a lot of stuff in the movie industry. Um, and while we were talking, she said, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? And I won't mention his name, because if I say it, you all know this person's name. And um, said that uh, this person was a very powerful person in the entertainment industry. Very powerful. Um, in fact, years ago, uh, in my early 20s, I met this person in a studio, and they offered me a contract and wanted me to sign with their company. 
the Lord derailed me, and I ended up going another way, a different thing. Um, but I used to say to myself, man, shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know? It'd be on and popping. I'd have you know? Air Force Ones for every last one of my kids. <laughs> Stacks of keyboards everywhere. Just, you know. And I used to kick myself like, man, you should have, man, you should have taken them seriously. Why did you go another route? Well, this person has a lot of power now. This person had a lot of power then. This person was very successful. But because they had no resurrection power over themselves, they are now in a world of trouble. The stuff that they are accused of is just off the chain. Crazy stuff is coming out. Folks are coming out out of the woodworks talking about this is what happened in 95 and and this is what they did, and, and they got witnesses and videotape, and I don't know why people tape all their craziness. But they got all kinds of evidence. It doesn't look good, folks. It looks bad. It looks really bad. And you're saying, you know, yourself, when, when you're reading about all this stuff, you're saying, wow, you into what kind of stuff are you into? You don't take all that. <laughs> Just things. I'm not even going to mention it because we have kids here. But really, really disgusting things they're accused of. And my thought was this. If there's no resurrection power over you, then you are left to the sin that leads to death. Now, before I throw, you know, my little accusatory whatever at this person, the truth of the matter is, is every last one of us would be in the same position if it were not for the grace of God and the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Are you hearing me? There are people, as the Bible says, that are held captive to do the bidding of the enemy. They cannot help it. They're enslaved. They could want to get out and camp. Are you hearing me? And so here's the thing. There's all, all kind of, I mean, it's destroyed their reputation, their endorsements, all their career. You could build an empire. But if you don't have the resurrection power over your life to control what you do, then you will destroy yourself. Sin will take you under. So what, did, what is Paul praying? He's praying that we would have this resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead. Amen. Not just so we can be saved and go to heaven, but so that we can have some Holy Ghost sense while we're down here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the thing that we need because if we're going to be an ambassadors for Christ, we've got to look like Christ. We've got to live like Christ. But we cannot do it within ourselves. We don't have the power. And before I sit there and say, well, look at you and look at you, the bottom line is I would be doing some crazy stuff if God had not intervened and given me his Holy Spirit. Amen? That's really the truth. Paul is praying that we would know this power, that we'd experience this power so that we would live like Christ. Ephesians 2 and 10. Just a few scriptures and I'm done. Ephesians 2 and 10. Uh, I need to go back a little bit. Uh, 2 and 8 says, For by grace 
are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them he has ordained predestined that we would walk in power amen not just get saved but walk in his power are you hearing me amen Ephesians 3 and 20 now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask for a thing. A lot of people think about, you know, God, I need you to get, you know, I need your power to give me a new car. God, I need your power to give me a new house. God, I need your power to, you know, put my kids in some Ivy League schools. I need your power for, you know, so, so we can have this, you know, incredible lifestyle. But the truth of the matter is, is it's according to the power that works with us. This is the same resurrection power he's talking about. It's power to live like Christ. That's what it's really about. Because you can have all those things. And destroy yourself if you don't have his resurrection power. Amen? Philippians 2.13. Oh, you know the scripture. For it is God working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That word desire blows me away. Because there are some things in us, if we're just honest, we don't want to, you know, I don't feel like lining up with you today, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want you to shut off the power so I can get a month of cursing folks out and then cut it back on. <laughs> There's a few things I want to say to a few individuals. You know, sometimes we, we go there, right? So what we have to do is we have to pray, Lord, give me the desire to be like you. Some folks Thanksgiving this week was really interesting because they ran into them cousins in them. And you don't get along. And there's things you want to say to them. And, you know, come on, you've got to be real. Road rage and so, things like that. There's things that we deal with. You know, sometimes we don't feel like it. But God gives us the not only power but the desire. Wow. Overriding my affections and giving, my, giving me a soft heart to want to do his will. Lord, I'm not going to say that. Lord, I'm not going to do that. Lord, I'm not going to get into those things. Lord, I'm not going to think that way because that doesn't please you. Amen? Giving you not only the power but the desire to do what pleases him. Amen? That is a, that's a blessing. That right there is a, a, one of those things I would say is one of those facts that like a, it's a, a assurance of salvation. You want to know you're saved? When God overrides you and you love him for it, <laughs> We want to fly. Wow, that wasn't there before. Oh, I must be going to heaven. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Amen. All right, so it's power towards a believer. And I'm going to say this to you for those of you who are listening online because we have a bigger audience online. Listen to this. If you have not repented of your sins, if you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross to save you from your sins, then you are not saved then you are not safe. Then you have no Holy Spirit living in you. Then you have no resurrection power to control you. Are you hearing me? But it doesn't have to end that way, saints. It doesn't have to, that doesn't have to be the end. You can trust in Jesus today. You can be made whole today. You can have your heart enlightened to see what God has available to you today. You can have a soft heart today if you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? 
It doesn't have to end that way. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one that can heal you. He's the only one that can transform you. He's the only one that can give you power. Walking in power. Amen.